And welcome to the Fanboy Garage. I'm Chris Lasanti, joined by my co-host, Aaron Varola. Yo, what's up, folks? That's right. I said, yo, you can buy yourself a mask on Public with the words yo on it. Um, it also comes in stickers and magnets. So uh, that one's just for you guys. Uh, I say it every opening, pretty much every opening. But here, a plug, a plug in, in the beginning of the show. There we go. That's how we do it. Welcome to episode 98. We're closing in on 100, Chris. Yes, we are. Big deal. We got some stuff happening for that episode, of course. Uh, yeah. Some announcements. Hope, uh, some, yeah, some, some big some big things. So yeah. uh, looking forward to that episode um, for sure. It's been, it's been a lot of stuff in the works behind the scenes. Very excited to kind of show off some new stuff uh, for you guys. But thanks again, as always, for listening to us for another weekly episode. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of – it's funny – Every time we do an episode, it seems like that Thursday, there's something else that uh, that gets kind of a not not really announced, but there's some some rumblings, and the latest rumbling have been around Henry Cavill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a big deal. Potentially him coming back as Superman. Yes. Yeah, so capacity. we you know, and we talked about that a few episodes ago when we were talking about at the time, the the rumors that it looked like the Snyder Cut was going to become a thing. And we mentioned that, you know, one of the... one of the, the things that would come out of that could possibly be, you know, Henry Cavill getting another shot to be Superman, right? Of all the possible scenarios, right? Uh, Zack Snyder coming back or Affleck coming back or any of that stuff. Like, the one that made the most sense to me was Cavill coming back because that's the thing that a lot of people really have, like, a hunger for, right? Because he he got shortchanged. And um, he was one of the, the more universally liked elements of the DCEU, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, uh, and he just was kind of born to play the role. I mean, you know, he looks like he was drawn to play it, you know? Right. Um, so, and it, yeah, I think it's going to happen. I mean, so, so far they're saying that um, it's, you know, there's going to be some appearances, right. In other movies. So you would think that because of the, the connections there uh, that, you know, black Adam, maybe Shazam too. Yeah. You know, those are He's possibilities. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of interesting the way that they're playing this up. So they, I mean, there there hasn't been any, you know, obviously direct announcements that he's going to get another solo film. Correct. Which is very sad. And um, and not necessarily. It doesn't mean that he isn't either. N- no, 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 absolutely yeah. not. I yeah. mean, this is he's going the way of the the Hulk. <laughs> Had a solo film. Everyone was okay with it, and then he's just going to do some appearances and yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's cool. Great. I mean, if he ends up kind of facing off against black Adam, which is going to be an interesting film. Um, I think, uh, I'm, uh, you know, we'll see how that, how that all shakes out, but, um, I'm just glad to see him back in conversation. And we, you know, again, to your point before we alluded to this in some previous episodes, given his participation in the, um, you know, announcement for Zack Snyder's justice league, um, Danny Garcia, his agent has been going, crazy on the social media um you know championing uh the snyder cut and um you know it it was i think that we saw this one coming for sure um i'm just glad that uh that there's a little bit more meat on the bone so we'll keep our eyes kind of peeled for that and hopefully you know there'll be some some announcements soon yeah and i mean as i saw one rumor and i guess it was a john campia that had it that said like jj abrams is 
potentially in the mix to, to direct a Superman film with Cavill. Um, I mean, okay. that's always been kind of a, a dream for me. I don't me. like John Campia. I get it, but I, I just, for as far as the scenario goes, yeah. Um, that's always been one thing I was kind of thinking would be great is J.J. Abrams directing a Superman film. I know people like right now are kind of mixed on J.J. Abrams. Well, I think people always have been. I've <clears throat> I've been a fan, you know, despite not loving, you know, what he did with Rise of Skywalker. I'm a fan of his. I'm a, I feel like he is tailor-made for Superman because he makes those kind of movies that... You know, he's a child of like the 80s. He loves, you know, Spielberg. Yeah. He loves that type of stuff. And I think that's the right vibe. Uh, for Superman, um, it'll be you know slightly different than you know what you were getting with like Man of Steel and that so much. But I, I think it would be interesting to see what do you think that uh, people would be so happy to see Cavill as Superman that now when I say people, I'm talking about people who love Man of Steel mm-hmm. and would like to see a a Man of Steel two. But do you think they would be okay with it if? The, it was lighter was if it was the tone was yeah, somewhat yeah, yeah. different it wasn't as heavy because it's also not going to be following we don't think anyway it right it wouldn't be following is it wouldn't be a direct follow up to man of steel at this point because that was bvs so you have right. you can go in a different direction now with with the character um do you think those the fans of man of steel and bvs would be happy with that or do you think they'd just be happy enough to see cavill playing the role again and uh i think i think a bit of both i think with the with the announcement of this of the you know zack snyder's justice league i think it's a mixed bag i think there are people who are very very happy to see you know that uh that tone kind of um take place again or or kind of uh, umbrella these characters and and cavill very much was a part was a part of that but what i would say is we have seen uh, characters introduced in, you know, in the Snyder tone, um, you know, do a complete 180. Yes. And still be successful. Sure. And Aquaman is a great example. And Wonder of that, Woman, right? obviously. Wonder Woman is a great example of yeah. that. And to some extent, uh, this is nothing to do with with um, Zack Snyder, but but Harley Quinn, uh, like Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey are two very very different movies tonally. Um, the character's the same, more or less. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I mean, I think, I think, I think uh, people would be very happy just to see Cavill in it. And and obviously with with J.J. Abrams, uh, if J.J. Abrams were, was at the helm, um, I think people would be fine with all of that. I think it's great. I think people just and if you know, I think at the end of the day, if the director, whoever it is, truly understands the character. Yep. And pushes the character in really, you know, interesting territory. I think there's some some opportunity there to to do something really special with Superman. Yeah, I I agree, and and I I think too that um, you know, we were heading towards. So my my hope for what was going to be happening after Man of Steel was that we would progressively move towards uh, a Superman that was somewhat closer to like the Superman that like we all know and love like it doesn't necessarily have to be like you know completely you know george reeves christopher reeve like superman territory right Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. can still have some you know weight to it but 
uh, but more of like a, a traditional where we get to see like Clark Kent, right? And we get to yeah. see, you know, in his own movie. I mean, we got to see it in BVS and especially in the Ultimate Edition. You get a lot more of the Clark Kent element and that stuff is cool. But, um, you know, that type of deal, you know, him, you know, and working at the Daily Planet and all of that stuff. And I think we would eventually, well, we I don't think we would have eventually gotten to it, but that's what I hoped we would eventually get to. Yeah. So if this movie winds up being that, like a progression of Superman where we now see, and we don't know where the Zack Snyder, you know, Zack Snyder's justice league is going to leave us off. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I would like to think that we probably, maybe they pick up from there and we leave Superman in a place now where he's just being Superman, you know, and people yeah. kind of trust him and are looking to him uh, as, you know, that beacon of hope and all of that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, you know, in light of the world the way that it is. I mean, I think it would be timely, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, really who knows think. how long it'll take, though, before we get there. I mean, in, so, in any capacity, whatever yeah. appearance that he's making, yeah. I think I think what they did, a, a, I'd say a decent job in setting up in Shazam was that he is this hero that all heroes strive to be, right? They They like to look up to this character and... Too bad we couldn't look up a little more and make sure it was Henry Cavill's head. Although, uh, what's his name? David F. Sandberg, mm-hmm. the director of uh, of Shazam, released a bonkers video. Of uh, did you see this on? Uh, you probably didn't on uh, social media. No, where he recut that. that scene. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> he recut that scene and it pans up and it's this super long neck, like um, what's his name, Elastic Man. Um, like super long like neck with Henry Cavill's head bouncing up and down on it with a mustache. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh anyways, uh you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, right. I think I think there's lots of room for for this and um and I know, you know, the social media was the social the social media. Uh, <laughs> Twitter and and all of the those social channels were like on fire in excitement for any prospect of Henry Cavill revisiting the Cape and Tights. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Shazam uh you know, again, it didn't it didn't light up the box office. So, you know, maybe Shazam 2 could get a boost, you know, by being the movie that, like, Henry Cavill, you know, will pop up in mm-hmm. as Superman, you know? Um, who knows? I mean, there's a lot of different scenarios, but I think it's exciting yeah. that it, it seems like they're at least heading in that direction. You know, a lot of the conversation now... Uh, is very similar to the conversation that was being had when it was people were saying that he didn't look like he was going to return right. as Superman, right? And you say, well, you know, when there's smoke, there's fire. So it, it seems like it's it's going to happen. It's just a matter of how and and whatnot, and that's fine. And if you know he turns out to be a thing that kind of unifies the universe, <laughs> you know, whatever the proper version of the universe is, um, then great. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting because. <clears throat> You know, they are, for all intents and purposes, they've said that, you know, that their focus on, on the universe itself is not important. Yet there have been nuggets sprinkled throughout light, light threads, I'd say, have been sewn 
to still ultimately connect them yeah. to each other in some capacity. As they should, because why would you want to... Listen, again, a Justice League movie done right is still going to be a very big deal. And why would you want to kind of take yourself out of the opportunity to still make that movie? You know, or make a movie or a series of movies if you if you can do it. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense to me that you wouldn't take that opportunity. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, plus Aquaman was a huge success. Wonder Woman is a huge success. Um, you know, there's been a lot of positive hype now about Justice League and all that stuff. And they've they've started to hit a, a good patch here where people are pumped up and talking about DC. People aren't talking about Marvel right now. No. No. You know, and they're they're talking a lot about DC and mm-hmm. with with enthusiasm. It's not negative conversation, right? It's not right. they're not doing the right thing. It's not I don't like the direction they're taking. It's not it's positive stuff. It's you know, we're excited for the future and things that are coming. Why would you want to kind of eliminate the opportunity of giving yourself a chance to to unify whatever characters you're going to unify? Right? Yeah. And make a make a you know, make a, another Justice League movie. Um, you know, uh, if you if you wind up getting more and more success, uh, you know, if Batman winds up not being a part of this universe, then you don't necessarily even have to do a Justice League movie with Batman. Mm-hmm. It would be weird, mm-hmm. but but you know, you know what I mean. Like they can they can yeah. play around with this however they want, and and there's nothing to say either that you know you can't reintroduce a Batman or. Or whatever. I mean, you know, you can if, if the the Batman, right, the Robert Pattinson Matt Reeves movie is going to take place in the past, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who's to say that you can't create a version of that Batman that matches up like with this timeline or whatever? I mean, there, there's a lot of ways you could do it. Again, it, this is comic book movies. They're superhero movies. Sure. I mean, you can do whatever the heck you want with them, right? That's the, the fun part of the whole thing. I mean, look, Mark Ruffalo. I mean, Edward Norton was Bruce Banner and then Mark Ruffalo was in the Avengers. Right, movie. right. You could or, do or, stuff or like Gene, that. you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Terrence Howard was, was Rhodey yeah. in, in Iron Man and then... It was Don Cheadle and Iron Man two and going forward. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could yeah. do it. It's 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 not that difficult. Um, it because they're superheroes, and as long as you have a good actor playing the role, you know we're used to seeing different versions of these characters and different appearances for these characters. Um, I mean, Michael, look at the Batman, the Batman eighty nine. Um, you know, series of films that you know you had Michael Keaton for two films, then it was Val Kilmer. Yeah, you know, again, but, but and the then it was George Clooney. Gordon, same same commission, yeah, and, Gordon, yeah, same Alfred, yeah, yeah. And we've said this before, like when we talk about Batman, like that is, in, despite the differences in the tones and the, the the vibe and some of the continuity issues, like that is essentially supposed to be the same Batman. Yeah, I mean, hell, Billy D. Williams was Harvey Dent, and then he right. was replaced by Tommy Lee Jones. Who, so. right? Who was. Not not really even playing Two Face, but yeah, I mean there so you can do that stuff, and 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 that's not the best example of how you do it well, but it's an example of how you can do it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so cool. we'll see. And and speaking of, I mean, you mentioned Suicide Squad and all that stuff and the differences, mm-hmm. and uh, you know Suicide Squad. You know, there's more now. We're starting to see some momentum and conversation going for the David Ayer cut of Suicide Squad and he's he's 
contributed a lot to this. And, and, you know, he's doing it in a constructive way where he's just presenting like his take on it. He clearly was not happy. Right. Yeah. With the studio. I mean, he and, was. Yeah. After it was getting panned, uh, n- not only by Rotten Tomatoes and, and whatever, but social media chopped it up. Uh, he went on the defensive to talk about how it wasn't really his vision right. for the film. Yeah. But I mean, and now he's really starting to give you examples, right? Yeah. Of yeah, like, yeah. if I, you know, there's this scene and this was supposed to be this way and shot this way. And then like, yeah, I mean, look, if a studio now Suicide Squad wound up being a like a hit, like a surprise yeah, it was hit. A financial success. But, you know, if you're a director, especially you know, a director like David, Ayer, who's had creative success, right? Critical success. Uh, you you have a studio basically take a movie like out of your I mean, they didn't really take it out of his hands, but they took the creative direction out of his hands. Mm-hmm. Like. Could you can only imagine then your film that you didn't really want to make gets released and like the critics just crap all over it, right? You know, and it's not and like the like, Snyder see, cut. See, yeah, see, yeah. See what I told you? <laughs> it's not like what happened with Zack Snyder with Justice League. That was different because that was literally another director being dropped in, right, and reshooting stuff and taking over the whole process. But with Air, it was like just like it was him having to deal with this stuff, like himself, right. like all these the studio interference and the changes and everything. And the, the fact that, you know, he even said like he feels like, you know, the reaction to BVS, he was making his movie and then all of a sudden BVS hit and the reaction to that. Plus, he even brought up Deadpool. He said the success yep. of Deadpool also had an effect on where the studio wanted him to go. He goes, my serious like drama that I had made turned into like a half somewhat of a comedy. Yeah, I actually remember that. Like the I, I remember specifically the Deadpool thing um being wait, was it was it that film that kind of was uh, I feel it was it was it Deadpool? Well, he mentioned Deadpool re- the other day. He sent out galaxy? a tweet that he was saying how um he put out a tweet the other day that said something about, you know, I was making my film and then all of a sudden after BVS hitting the reaction that it got and then when Deadpool yeah, was Deadpool. a success and the reaction that it got, then like my yeah, serious drama so, yeah, became Deadpool a was comedy. February 2017. Yeah. Which yeah. was right before that was in August. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, that was an August film. Yeah. Um cuz my daughter was born in July and I didn't get a chance to see it. But um of 2016 that's what it was. Okay, so yeah, so Deadpool, Deadpool, um, I get it. I mean, that that movie was a lot of fun and uber violent. Yeah, and I think they probably were like, yeah, push it this way. You but know? that's frustrating when you. It also shows you the disconnect, right? Because you had a, for better or for worse, you had um, directors who were trying to work like together on a shared vision in a way. Like right. Suicide Squad was supposed to tie into Justice League more. Right. Right. And, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so more. like you have they were at least trying to create. And like I say, I say for better or for worse, because I, I always have been of the belief that DC didn't need to do it this way. But um, they, they were trying to create something that was unified and shared. And it's like the studio clearly wasn't looking like that. They were just being reactionary. Mm-hmm. And just like impulsive with the way they wanted things done, and that I mean, never the money. Yeah, that never works well. I mean, they were looking at the wrong thing that made these films successful. Well, of course. I mean, look, I, mean, I Deadpool. Yeah, you know, Deadpool was a passion project for Ryan Reynolds yeah. for a long time. It was made on the super cheap, um, and 
it is true to the character. Yes, that's so. the lesson that needed to be learned was that it stayed true to the character and, and it was marketed brilliantly. Right. And and appealed it was marketed in a way that appealed to a specific audience. Um the lesson there wasn't that people want R rated superhero films because that hasn't always been the case, right? Um we've seen things like that not work out before. So, I mean, you know, I don't know. But yeah, there's a whole lot of we can go back to all the things <laughs> they did wrong, but the point is now you get a guy like David Ayer who has a chance to finally, you know, and it sounds like his Suicide Squad would, you know, in a similar way to Snyder's Justice League, would be like almost a whole new experience. Yeah. And a whole I mean, new can thing. You imagine, can you imagine being David Ayer who had a drama in mind for the Suicide Squad? Or and and Suicide was making Squad, one. Yeah. And was making one. Yeah. Studio comes in, totally flips his shit upside down, right? Yep. Makes it corny totally popcorny and a couple of years later a joker film gets made yes by todd phillips yes and who's a comedy director right who's a comedy director yeah and it makes a billion dollars in the box office yes yeah i I with a very dark serious yeah. Tone. Yeah. It's so yeah, the ironic. Of that is just like what? It's amazing that David Ayer, the serious dramatic director, makes tries to make a serious dramatic Suicide Squad film, and it gets taken over by the studio so it could be more comedic and light. And Todd Phillips, the comedy director, gets yes. free reign to make his dark, creepy, whatever Joker film that winds Thought up being a huge box. Yeah, yeah, a huge box office success. And had the other irony is if David Ayer's version of Suicide Squad ever got out, I mean, they're already rebooting that, right? I mean, The Suicide Squad, which is the James Gunn film, is supposed to be kind of like a reboot sort of. Right. You know? Um but yeah, I mean, it's going to be and you clearly that's going to be more in line with I would think, you know, it's going to have more of the comedic, dark comedic elements. It's going to strike the balance. Yeah. It's going to be something that, you know, and who knows how much time was was on the table. And it's not, you know what, David Ayer's, the the theatrical version of, of David Ayer's Suicide Squad is is an absolute mess. But it's not a mess because of comedy. It's a mess because of of the editing. Which it's is... A mess yeah, Be- it's a mess because of the vi- the villain and some of the decisions made sure. there, and which none of those were his, by the way. Yeah, it's well, yeah, no, and and it's a mess because of the poo poo people that kind of pop up, you know, like the those weird things. Um, and then they stripped, you know, they stripped the big the, the big bad, which would have been Steppenwolf, who popped yeah. up in the end towards the end and cut significant portions of the joker story of the joker yeah. yeah so that was that was messed up and i remember some of the marketing some of the trailers that dropped and i, I vaguely remember seeing some behind the scenes stuff where like the relationship between harley quinn and and the joker were, was super violent like i guess he like he beats her at some point um so, yeah, I yeah. don't. <clears throat> so it's even more ironic than when you consider the fact that one of the things they made him cut was significant portions of Joker material. Mm-hmm. And then a Joker standalone film becomes a huge hit. So it's just like it's if I'm David Ayer right now, I'm just like, really? Like, yeah. come on. Like, man, like you guys yeah. were so far like we were actually ahead of like we. Oh, I mean, you know what I mean? 
if if his cut had existed, if this director's cut was a thing, I don't know. First of all, I'm not sure how audiences would have reacted to it. Um, th- that's the first part because if they weren't, and obviously if people weren't, not that they weren't vibing with the the BVS and and the the films that had come before it, but like this one seemed like it was like way darker. Like it pushed the envelope. So I would say audience reaction aside and box office, you know, success or not aside, yeah. that this Joker film would not have been made. Like Todd Phillips' Joker sure. film would not have been yeah, made. Well, if, if sure. I, I mean, look, if, if, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that wouldn't be happening now yeah. if no, things had gone, yeah, slightly different. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, uh, we'll see. I Hopefully mean, he gets it. <laughs> I, yeah, hopefully he does. I mean, you know, I don't know how much work it would be, you know, to actually put it together, but um, why it's, not? Yeah, it's just so, to me, it is mind-boggling how, I mean, this approach is clearly, this sort of like tonal difference approach in the films is is, is working for, for Warner Brothers, right? It's working for their DC properties. You look at stuff like, and I'm gonna I'm gonna jump between movies and TV, right? But the Suicide Squad, uh, not so not Suicide Squad. I'm sorry, uh, Charlie. Uh, I almost said Charlie's Angels. <laughs> Charlie's Harley Angels. Quinn. Harley Quinn. Wow. For better or worse, was a rated R film. There was there's some bright spots there, in terms of how that how that film uh you know was received. Shazam is a very very different film from that. Aquaman, um, I'd say is also different than Shazam. Joker, wildly different. You look at stuff like the Titans, right? Yep. Which is sort of striking that that um, it's, it kind of has a Zack Snyder vibe to it. Then you look at Doom Patrol, very different. Um, let's go CW. CW is its own thing, and we right. all know how that how that turns out. And yep. then. You look at um, the Watchmen, the HBO one, the HBO yeah. one, and if that is, I mean, the Watchmen to me, if I were to stack it up against anything that's been dropped uh, recently from Warner Brothers related to you know DC properties, is like the best thing in, since sliced bread. Yeah, I mean, Watchmen is a brilliant piece of television. Um, I mean, it's very different. Yes, in, and, because it's it's episodic. Yes, right? and it's also it's long lighter. form, right? You know, so they had a lot of room to breathe, a lot but of story to tell. Tonality wise, yeah, and the, just the just the, the world that it lives in, and the look and feel and the aesthetics of it all, brilliant. It's brilliant, and I'm just wondering, like, when are we going to get movies that? I mean, Joker is is very much that in itself as well. Like tonally it's different. It, it stylistically it's different and the aesthetics feel different. It's it, it, it has its own, I don't know, energy to it. And it's re- it's, it's really good. Yeah. You know, so I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to see what they have on the horizon with some of these new films and, and the continued sort of director driven films that they have on the, uh, on the horizon. And then yeah. the last day about that. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and it gets back to one of the conversations we were having last last episode about like thought provoking yeah. superhero movies. So like, and that's kind of we just 
kind of proved my point, which is that, and again, I, I say like nobody's talking about Marvel right now, and Marvel, you know, has Black Widow coming out, and they've got they've. It's not like they don't have anything going on, but right. like nobody's talking about it, and I, I think that that's interesting that nobody's talking about it. But and, and maybe again in our circles, um, you know, we these are things that we talk about. I don't know that in like the mainstream world that people are talking about the Zack Snyder's justice league, right. Or David mm-hmm. Ayer. They're certainly not talking about David Ayer's suicide squad. Um, but like for us, these things are, there's a lot more DC conversation going on right now than there is Marvel conversation. And I think that also speaks to the rebound that they've gone through. Uh, and why I think it was such a good idea for them to just shift gears. And I mean, they've now had mostly successes here, some real big successes in a row. And, and you would assume that Wonder Woman 84 will be a a relative success depending on how it winds up. I mean, there's still a lot of things going on in the world that will determine what movies are going to be doing this year. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, it's not going to bomb in the sense of like, you know, people are excited for it. Right. Um, right so right. you know yeah. and, and they'll be excited for you know whatever else is on the horizon i think so yeah i think that they, and certainly people are going to be excited for the batman which i guess has gotten the green light to resume filming yeah that's the that's what what i hear so uh can't wait to see you know more more news kind of trickling out around that and um <laughs> You know, there was there was lots of conversation after after the uh, Justice League uh, announcement <clears throat> that Ben Affleck would be coming back. Um, yeah, I don't think so. But um, you know, I, I think I think everyone is still very intrigued and interested in what Robert Pattinson has to has to bring to the role, and I'm I'm stoked. You know, I saw a couple of images. Um, by accident of like that of the cowl and stuff like it was like a side profile it looks pretty dope i mean it's a little weird looking to to be honest um but it has a very like homemade stitched look and it i I dig it i think it's cool i'm looking forward to that yeah i mean yeah i think i'm I'm always gonna look forward to the batman a batman film um yeah which i've been actually watching a lot of thanks to uh <clears throat> HBO Max. Now that uh, now that I found out where all of the Batman films have gone, <laughs> uh, the ones you mean the ones that half of them that the are ones no that longer... I was pissed off about. I went to DC Universe and there was like nothing. There. Well, but and now, but did you see the thing where half of them are gone already? Uh, I did not. Apparently, Batman Returns and Batman Forever have have been removed right now from HBO Max. Yeah, um, I have a thing here. It was a big controversy. It was a big controversy that they've already started to remove movies as they added a new slate of movies on June 1st. They removed a whole bunch of other ones, and and someone said that it was due to some contract things and stuff, but uh, Batman Forever, Batman Returns, Justice League, like Hellboy, uh, the 2019 version, Catwoman, um, oh, the... The Hobbit, Unexpected Journey, and Battle of the Five Armies, Teen Titans Go the, to the movies, like those have been removed. The Lego movie, Lego Batman movie. What? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Th- this. <clears throat> Tell, can we can we get into HBO Max? Yeah, yeah. Go for I it. Mean, we are right. Um, it was a little bit. It was underwhelming. Um, 
at large. Like just just sort of like a quick glance here. I I was underwhelmed by it because they did a great push about you know sign up now, get HBO now, and you know it'll it'll convert to uh, HBO Max, right? So day of launch happens. I get my I do my conversion. And HBO Max, and it's it's pretty. It's a pretty uh, yeah. You know, but, you know what? Though before, sorry, before we go on, I just want to say that I did check. So Batman Returns is still on there. Okay, I was like, so, it's still. I just looked. It's still on my watch. List yeah. So I don't know what where that list came from. Maybe they were temporarily removed, or maybe they're going to go away. But it didn't make sense to me. But yeah, there, there's been a lot of back and forth, and like like I understand. I can understand <clears throat> some of the things like Hellboy, for example, because. You know, that may have been uh, licensed just to HBO, and so they remove stuff. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, they they have their licenses, and it probably would go somewhere else um, because they're licensing it from other other studios. So that, that kind of makes sense. But, like, shit that you own, you know what I mean? That doesn't make sense to me. Um, like, DC-related or, you know, Warner Brothers Studios or Pictures-related stuff, like, shouldn't go anywhere. That's like removing Star Wars from Disney Plus. Yeah. Like, those should be your staples. Anyways. Um so the interface for HBO Max is is cool. It's you know, it's nice. I like the setup. I like some of the, the profile stuff that they've got going on. But then I kinda started poking around with the content. I'm like, this is just like HBO like on a good day with some coffee. <laughs> yeah, so I I like the interface a lot. I think it's smooth. It's actually so here's let's before I get into the content. There's a couple things that I think are I would qualify as epic fails as far as um launch goes. Mm. Uh is that it's not available still at this point on Roku, on Roku or Amazon Fire TV. Uh, which is the majority of pe- the way people stream things, right? So other than their phones and mobile devices. Um, there's 40 million people that have Roku's. There's, I don't know how many millions of people that have Amazon Fire TVs. It's not available in any of those services. That's a gigantic fail. Uh, and I can't imagine, I just can't for the life of me understand how they allowed that to happen. They had plenty of time to negotiate these deals. Um, you know, so I have to, luckily I have a Samsung TV in my living room, so I'm able to get it on there. Uh, mm-hmm. but like in my bedroom right now, like I have no way of accessing it. So mm-hmm. this is a, you know, these are one of these things that they need to fix big time. Um, especially since there's a lot of people with Roku TVs right now that aren't going to yeah. go through secondary sources to, to get stuff. So that's a huge fail from an accessibility perspective. And that's probably speaks to why the HBO now, now there's a caveat to what I'm about to say. Okay. But the HBO now the HBO Max, rather, app had like 90,000 downloads in its first couple of days compared mm-hmm. to like 4 million for Disney Plus and even Quibi, the thing we talked about, <laughs> with, had like a few million down. Now they lost half of them, but they had like 4 million or 3 million or whatever downloads right, in the right, first right. like week. So it's it's fallen behind already. Now, it does that download count doesn't count certain things like people who've gotten it through... Um, like services like Hulu, or they're getting it as an add-on to YouTube TV, right. or they're or getting who had existing correct. HBO Now accounts exactly converted, right? Okay. Yeah, so things like that. But with all that said, uh, 
it, that's an issue, not having all of that access. You know, um, back in the beginning of the streaming wars when, you know, you had companies fighting for like linear TV dominance, like Sling TV and um, uh, PlayStation View and DirecTV yep, now yep. were fighting over who was going to be the, the, the champion of like the live TV streaming service route. And the reason why, you know, PlayStation View fell way behind because they did not have a Roku app when they first launched. Mm-hmm. And it took a while for them to get one, and by the time they did, it didn't. It was too late for them, and they never fully recovered. I mean, there were other issues with it too, like branding and stuff like that. But um, that's a problem, and it, it, you can fall behind very quickly when you get stuff like that. I mean, I understand that people with HBO like cable subscriptions have access to the HBO Max content and things like that, but that to me, they need to work on. The other thing is 4K content. Um, yeah, you know, I don't. As someone who does not actually, at this point, have a 4K Blu-ray player, even though I own some 4K Blu-rays just because I'm a collector, I don't know that I will own a 4K Blu-ray player at any point. Um, I rely on streaming services for my 4K content. And it's weird to me that, you know, HBO, Disney Plus, when they launched, had all this 4K content, including the Star Wars films in 4K, which, Mm -hmm. you know, and... They don't have any 4K content, which is just bizarre to me. Um, So that's a fail as far as I'm concerned. And the other thing that struck me was that while I I do really like the interface a lot, there is a lot of content, but they're taking a very different approach than what Disney took. Disney put up a lot of the the content that they could put up, right? They They grouped as much as they could. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the stuff that they couldn't legally put up there due to contracts and stuff, right? Like, mm-hmm. they, they couldn't. But anything that they could put up, they pretty much did. And, and no, but the thing is, too, even the stuff that's up there because of contracts, uh, or is not up there because of contracts, there's still a placeholder for that stuff. Yes. That will that will tell you, yes. due to, Correct. Uh, you know, uh, yep. licensing agreements, this, yeah. this title isn't available until such and such date. Yes. And Disney, H, HBO Max seems to be emphasizing two things. One, they've, they're choosing to clearly take the churn um, tact where they, they're, they're going to try to keep people subscribing because by removing content, adding content, and things like that, or slowly rolling out certain content. Right. Maybe they're taking a wait-and-see approach, which I'm not really sure why you would do that, but you know they also do have things like DC Universe, which is still a thing. So maybe they don't want to completely cannibalize that yet until they eventually, what I think they're going to do, which is merge the two things together. Mm -hmm. I get it. I I would probably be a little annoyed if I was paying for a DC Universe subscription right now. Uh, That'd be me. And I all of a sudden now had HBO Max and all the same content was there. Uh, That'd be me. Yeah. (laughs) So I... um, you know, I get that part of it, but like to see like there's no like Superman content. <laughs> you know, like right. you can't watch Superman the movie. You can't watch. I mean, you could watch what like BVS or Superman Return. I, th- I think Superman Returns on there. Yeah, I mean, but there's not a lot of stuff on there. And no, from no, like no, the no. animated perspective, like it's very limited. Like they have all of that animated content, and most of it's not up there. Like the superhero animated stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas like when you went to Disney Plus, I mean, they had like the Silver Surfer. 
animated stuff up right. there. Like they had all this right. obscure stuff. Stuff. I mean, it was very comprehensive. So it's just a different approach. I'm sure that stuff will eventually make its way there. Um, but they seem to be emphasizing more of their original programs and also emphasizing the link to HBO. So this clearly, uh, they're using it as a, this is now HBO basically. Uh, yep. Yeah. So like, that, like I said, HBO with a, with a you know, strong cup yeah, of coffee. Yeah. And that's basically the way they're handling this, uh, as yeah. opposed to making it like the Warner media streaming service. That's sort of like an, you can just a, you know, it's all in, right? Where we just have everything up there you could possibly want. They're they're taking more of an HBO like approach and an on demand yeah. approach to it, where they'll cycle things in and out and and focus on the live stream of HBO yeah, like and I, stuff I like that. I would have thought there would have been some older classic TV types, like uh, TV shows. You know, outside of like the stuff that they negotiated, like Fresh Prince and Friends and whatever. Like none of that. Like, there's some stuff there I haven't really... I mean, there's HBO content on there, you know, the HBO stuff. Yeah, no, no, but even when you say Warner Media Service, like, that sounds huge to me. Well, it is, yeah. You know what I mean? But this is just HBO with a couple of, like, reorgs. You feel me? Like, that's not... It's a little bigger than that. I I just think that, like, I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. Like, I got all excited when I found that they had the Jetsons on there. I love the Jetsons and I haven't seen the Jetsons on a streaming service in forever and it's up there, you know, and stuff like that. So that's little stuff. I mean, the Looney Tunes stuff. Now, the one thing, though, I will say in fairness to HBO Max is that I find the quality of like the older anime, like those shows, like the old Looney Tunes stuff that they have significantly better than the quality of the older animated stuff on Disney plus. I was very disappointed with the quality of, cause I mean, I remember we talked about this at the time. Like I was watching like a Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And I have a, um, like a bootleg DVD, a Blu-ray rather of Spider-Man and his amazing friends and Mm Spider-Man, the, the 94 animated series, that the quality on those is much better than the quality of those episodes on Disney Plus. So I was really happy with the quality of like the older animation and the older shows and stuff on HBO Max. So mm-hmm. that's a kudos to them. That's one thing that they've at least gotten right. But yeah, I mean, I still haven't lived with it as much because with um, with Disney Plus, I, I had time. I focused a lot on it. HBO Max launched at a wacky time in the world. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I can't say that I've sat there and, and completely just, I haven't really been able to dive into it completely. Uh, maybe this weekend I'll have some opportunity to really start to look through it. Um, but I've been focused on other things. So, and, yeah. And I mean, the other, the other piece here that is, um, I'd say a little, a little different is the original content stuff, which is mostly HBO related related things yeah well then yeah and there's some children's stuff yeah yeah i mean the thing is is that there's gonna be a muppet show on there which is exciting that's exciting i like that stuff um oh wait that's disney right wait no 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 there's there is it sesame street the sesame street is on hbo yeah the muppets muppets are owned by disney yeah but um what was i gonna say the The anchors for Disney Plus were a lot of that, a lot of those original shows. They led with that, right? It's like yeah, Mandalorian and some uh, some of the other stuff. 
I don't know. I just um, I'm I want to see it kind of develop a little bit more and. We'll Although see. it, I'm yeah, just hoping to discover some more content that I'm not familiar with because I I'll, I would say that, you know, one of the interesting things about Disney Plus is that I find myself discovering films Disney films um that I just never watched. Uh, and I'm like, oh, that, okay, that's cool. I'll check. I'll check that out. Um, whereas, like, I haven't really had that experience yet. Well, I I was happy. So, like, for me, like they, so HBO Max has these like hubs, like it's similar to what Disney Plus had, yeah, where they yeah. they have Marvel, Disney, and you go right directly to that content, mm-hmm. Star Wars. So they have these what they call hubs too, where they created them, and so you can go to like right to Cartoon Network stuff, right to DC stuff, right to. They have the like the Studio Ghibli collection, which is. Those are some of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, So all of that stuff is really cool. Like having a lot of that stuff in one place is pretty awesome. The country roll stuff is cool. So any of the, any folks that are anime uh, fans, let me, let us know your thoughts on, on that. Yeah. That that seemed pretty, pretty significant. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there is a lot of stuff. I, like I said, I haven't had a chance to fully dive into it yet completely. I, I just think that the, the thing that caught me off guard besides the no 4k, and the the lack of accessibility was the fact that it just was lacking. I thought in the superhero department, which you would think would be a selling point, but but I will rationalize that for now as them not wanting to completely cannibalize DC Universe, which still exists. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it. So, and since DC Universe does exist, there is a way to to access that stuff. I mean, I own all of that stuff anyway, so it's not like I need. Um, I actually own a larger portion of what HBO Max would offer or DC would offer me as far as superhero content than I did for Marvel. Because like a lot of those old Marvel shows, like those old cartoons and stuff, I didn't own those. But I own like every DC animated show like ever. And Mm -hmm. I own, you know, I own all of those movies and everything. And so it's like that stuff, it's not as important to me to have. Mm. Uh, because I, I have access to it. It doesn't matter to me. So I, yeah. I'll still dig dig into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, they, they're taking the tact of like, we're marketing this not to the niche streaming audit crowd. We're, we're marketing this to our HBO audience as this is, yeah. you know, HBO on steroids. This is our, I mean, it's called HBO Max. It's exactly what it is. It's HBO right. Max. So and we'll see how that evolves. I, I'm still going to be, kind of excited about it just because I, I just see the potential i was looking at with disney plus and hbo max and you know your basic other services netflix and hulu and all that stuff like you're starting to see now i, I think i'm starting to get a really good idea of what services i will need and what services i will not need oh, and yeah, i'm I already that today yeah i'm already starting to <laughs> put my budget together for this and start to say like well I'm not going to need this service until this, right? I'm not going to need this service to, and starting to think about how I'm going to start to shift around uh, my services. You know, I keep seeing all these people that are like, oh, look at all these streaming services I have now. What am I going to do? It's like, well, do you need all of them? Again, we're back to the conversation of that got me to stop paying for cable, which was how much of those, how many of those are you actually seriously watching content on on a regular basis? Because like when I had cable, I had 300 channels and I watched 11 of them and I and barely watched 11 of them on a regular basis. 
You know what I mean? And I flipped through it. That was the whole point. Like, so if you have 30, 20, 10, whatever streaming services that you subscribe to, how many of them are you seriously watching content on regularly? Because you have the flexibility to jump in and out of those services. I didn't have the flexibility to cut down to 11 cable channels that I watched. But I do have the flexibility now to cut down to the couple of streaming services that I am watching regularly. And then if I, if I have a desire to watch another one, I'll add one later. I can add them in the middle of a month. I can add them for a week. You know what I mean? Like there, there's so much more flexibility. You just have to work at it. Uh, but don't fall into the trap that you fell into with cable where you're like, well, I, I just, I don't know. I have all this stuff. I don't watch mm-hmm. it, but I have it. You know, because yeah. everyone always said, like, I, I want to just pay for what I, I watch. Well, now you have an, the availability to do that. So why would you just have stuff that you're not, you're barely watching again? Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yep. You know, so yep. just, we got to be, you know, there's a way to, to work with this. And it's, it's just about having the flexibility uh, that I think is important. So we'll see how all of these services evolve. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I've watched a lot less of Disney Plus 2 lately like since the clone wars stopped and all that stuff i just mm. after a while there's so much of that like older content that you can watch you know um and but i mean i, I don't worry about disney plus because i don't have to pay for it right now right um right you know but i'll i'll think about it when the time comes that i do have to pay for it. like where does it fit in mm-hmm. so yeah yeah so, that's i mean 100 percent. uh i gotta yell that as I mentioned by my wife, because she's like, did you cancel stars? I'm like, no, cause you didn't finish watching the show. <laughs> she's like, but how much is it? And I'm like, it's eight 99. She's like, I don't want to pay it. I'm like, well, first of all, you're not, I am. Um, second of all, what's eight 99 for a full episode for a full season of a show. That's nothing. I'm used to, I was used to paying for DVD sets, something like 45 bucks for, you know, a full season of a show. Right. We're paying eight ninety nine. You're only focused on this. There might be some other stuff on there that you might want to explore at the moment. But eight ninety nine for a month of service. Enjoy it while it lasts. And if you don't find anything else that's you know of interest to you, I'm going to cancel. And then if we need to pick it up again, well, it's eight ninety nine for a month. So you've got a month to finish a show, and that's it. So we'll see. Yeah, but that's stars. But yeah, I mean for me. You know, Netflix, um, and this is it is interesting because for me, I'm not the one who really generates the the necessity for for the services. It's definitely my daughter. Um, and it's interesting to watch and my and my wife, it's interesting to watch our viewing habits. So, um, you know, I'm into checking out older movies on HBO Max and kind of diving into some of that stuff on Disney Plus. Whereas like my daughter is all about Prime and Netflix and my wife is like solely about Netflix. Hulu kind of gets the short gets the short end of the stick to a certain degree, but Hulu's been dropping some Hulu's been evolving. Um and if Cobra Kai goes there, I'm staying with it. But yeah, so uh and oh, so I mean that's a, something we should talk about. So um Cobra Kai season three um is being shopped around apparently youtube uh tv is uh rethinking its strategy probably not spending as much money or any money at all in terms of original content and so uh they are trying to sell 
Cobra Kai, and the two top bidders are Hulu and Netflix. Who do you think is going to take it? Uh, I, you know, I don't know. I think that clearly that show, I think, has outgrown YouTube. Uh, I think yeah. it, you know, that, I think YouTube has even realized that that experiment is not worked for them. Um, it's going the way of like the Yahoo streaming video channel that existed for a minute and a half that had the, mm-hmm. the new season, that final season of community on it and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just like, there's just two, after a while, it's like, if you, you can't just, it's not going to work. <laughs> there's too many services out there. If you have like one show that people are talking about, it's not enough. Right. You know? Right. So who do I think is going to take it? I don't know. I mean, Netflix is, you know, they're obviously, you know, both companies are battling with each other. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, for some reason I feel, I feel like Hulu for some reason is a fit. Yeah, so do I. But I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if Netflix... I mean, look, the Netflix has poured so much money into content, original content, that it, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, has it Has it ever taken another show like this? You mean like this, from another streaming service? Yeah, from another show. Or, I, I don't yeah. think... Have, have we ever seen a... I mean, the stre- original streaming shows are still such a new entity relative that... I don't know. Have we ever seen a, a streaming show go from one or, service to another? No, I don't... Th- I mean, we've seen shows like Lucifer and we've seen shows like um, like The Expanse show that get canceled from like television right, and right. go to streaming services and have like a new life. Um I don't know that we've ever seen a street because usually it's uh, you Cobra Kai is in a unique spot because for the most part, these streaming services that have these original shows, they're funding those productions in a lot of ways, right? Like they're joint productions. They're created for that streaming service. Right. 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 Um, you know, within the, not all of them. I mean, there's some exceptions, but so, I mean, that it would be unusual. It's the reason why, like, I think one of the reasons why you didn't see, like daredevil and and those shows jump to disney plus right because they're netflix shows right uh or jump to any other streaming service because netflix they were co-productions right right so i think that um yeah i mean i think that I, i don't know i i just feel like um I just feel like Hulu for some reason makes sense i based on nothing just other than instinct yeah, it just feels like a a match, but it wouldn't surprise me either way. Um, but it'll be good. It'll be good that that show will have an expanded audience because I, I do tell a lot of people about it, and one of the more common things I hear is, "Well, I don't know how to watch it," because <laughs> mm. people aren't going to pay for that YouTube thing, just YouTube Red or whatever it was called, just to watch that. Right. You know, I mean, people I mean, that, was, get... that was the only reason why I, why I paid for it. Yeah. Um, and that's an annual. I mean, that's an annual, that's an annual thing or a monthly thing. No, that's an annual thing. I yeah. believe it's also tied to, so for people who have YouTube TV, it, you get it automatically Yeah, and it actually builds into, they'll build it. Like you can watch Cobra Kai. Well, you, you could have until now, I guess watched it right through your, the same interface that you watch YouTube TV. Yeah. Yep. So that, that makes it convenient, but yeah, I mean, no, and, and the, I mean, the only other added benefit here is, uh, is ad free content. Um, 
on YouTube, which I don't have to worry about anymore. But if they're going to cut original, I don't know, I guess maybe is it that big of a deal if they cut original content? Would they lower the price for YouTube? Probably not. Um, of You know about of, of the premium version of YouTube? Yeah. No, because they're, they're, people are paying for ad-free, yeah. the ability to, to listen to music like by and turning sure. off the display on your phone. Because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. if anyone who's ever tried to use YouTube knows if, if you have a video playing and you, you turn off your screen display, the audio stops. So right. if you have YouTube Correct. premium, that doesn't happen. Right. So there's other reasons. I, I don't think a lot of people were paying for YouTube premium because of the video, like the original video content. Right. Yeah. Right. And so. obviously they weren't because if they were, it would have been more value. It would have we wouldn't be having this discussion about Cobra Kai right now. No, I mean, hell, that that cliffhanger for season two is off the chain. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm signed up for season three and I know it's already I think it's already in I think it's already been filmed. Yeah, I would assume. Filmed. Yeah. So yeah. I'm excited. We'll yeah, pumped up for that one. Um, yeah. So I guess just to, before we get out, so you, I know you I hadn't heard this, um, but you mentioned something to me about Batwoman. Yes. Um, so as we had uh, commented and I, I guess sort of reported on a couple of weeks back that uh, Ruby Rose um, unexpectedly quit from uh, from Batwoman, right, as the lead as um, – why am I blanking on her for you? Uh, Kate Keane. Um, and there was speculation of whether, they not, whether or not they would recast the, the character of Kate Keane with a different actor, but apparently um, – they are opting not to do that. They are going to uh, create a, a whole new character, uh, which is to be named. But uh, apparently a casting notice had gone out um, and the character's name was Ryan Wilder. Uh, but that, you know, again, that, that could be a placeholder. And um, and the role was described as a woman in her mid twenties who is about to become Batwoman. So, very, so again, very clear that they are not recasting uh, for Kate Keane, somebody completely new. And uh, apparently, this this person, by and large, was a you know a former drug runner who dodged the GCPD and blah blah blah. And she's a kind of untamed person. <laughs> So, I mean, we'll see how that goes. Um, I mean, it's an interesting way to do it. I don't know if... It's an interesting way to do it. Um, I I don't know if they're... Why they would do it that way. Is it because maybe they're... They're hoping that... Maybe Ruby Rose makes a return at some point? Yeah, maybe. I mean, because it, it's just, it's odd that you wouldn't... I mean, they did say original. Well, I guess they never said, but the, it seemed like they were just going to recast. And I guess they are, but we just assumed they would be recasting for Kate Keane, and they're not. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't... I, it, it almost becomes like a reboot then at that point. I mean, you know, they'll have the other characters, I'm assuming, but, like, now you're going to reintroduce a new character and, like, a new origin. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. So, like, it becomes like a whole nother, it's like a restart, which is unusual. Right. Um, right. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, and they, they they call it out straight out that you know she's nothing like Kate Keen, the woman who once wore the bat suit. Huh. So so maybe they are starting to feel. I, I you know I, I can't say I followed the ratings much for that mm-hmm. show. Um, I know that the general feel, at least from people that I know that watched it and stuff that I saw on social media, people weren't like overly enthusiastic about the show at the end got some people talking um but you know maybe they feel like this is a chance to i don't know correct whatever they feel like or some wrongs with the show or whatever i don't know but it's just it's interesting that uh that they're taking that route um yeah and also this this person they should obviously go without saying but is a member of the lgbtq community it's the casting notice yeah. Yeah. So, well, I would think you'd want to keep that. Of course. I mean, yeah. it's such an important element of the character. Which makes you another reason of, like, why you just don't recast <laughs> Kate Kane. <laughs> right, right, right. It's like, you had all of those elements already. Why would you... I'll recast Batman on a regular basis. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. So... Anyways, well, stay tuned to that. Have you uh, have you still been watching uh, Stargirl? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm now an episode behind... Um, mm. but, uh, yeah, I mean, I like it. I still yeah. like it. Um, I have, to, I have to check it out. I haven't, haven't had the chance yet. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Give it a shot. Um, it's, uh, it's good stuff so far. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I like to give every show like three episodes, <laughs> um, before I, you know, make the call yay or nay. Yeah. I mean, unless it, if it's still holding my interest after three episodes and it's usually a go, um, and so I'm, I'm, I know they, I just got to watch the third episode and, but so far I don't see anything, any reason why I don't, I don't think I'll, I feel like I'll be sticking with this one. Um, it's, I'm enjoying it so far. So sweet. Yeah. Cool. Oh, and, and how about the, I'm sorry, I almost forgot about this. Um, Ezra Bridger. Oh Yeah. I don't know how we left this one out. We, I mean, it looks like there we're going to be getting a live action version, because why not? I mean, we're just ticking them down the list, aren't we? Yeah. Um. I don't know, man. Uh, it's it'd be cool to see a live action version of Ezra Bridger, uh, because he's a force user, and, um. His stories is unfinished, but they are just mucking up that continuity pool, and that drives me absolutely bonkers. Um, but yeah, whatever. It's cool. Let's let's do it. Let's see it. <laughs> uh, I'd love to see it. You know, for the chance of also intersecting with some of the other characters that were introduced in Rebels, like Sabine Wren and Harrison Dula, um, who we know. Um, are present in this universe uh to some just well in the live action universe i should say uh so we'll see um yeah so Um, you know we'll see how it goes let me take this route with it um since you seem somewhat conflicted over this one uh do you think that disney lucasfilm whatever would be better off sticking with the the Mandalorian deal where it's like 
it was a character that was not one that we were familiar with. You know, it was still yeah. very much part of the Star Wars yeah, universe. Think, that... Rather than just to, to reintroduce live action versions of these characters that now, obviously, mainstream audiences, like the audiences that got into the Mandalorian, right? Which was a, a big mainstream audience in addition to the hardcore fans. They don't know from these characters, right? They didn't watch Rebels. They didn't watch mm-hmm. Clone Wars. Um, so they would be seeing them for the first time in a lot of ways. But mm-hmm. do you, so, but for hardcore fans, I mean, we we know these characters. We've seen them. So do you think that, um, like, what? who do you think this appeals to? Like, does it appeal, I mean, it's obviously it's, fan service, so, you know, yeah. you, you it's a, these are good characters, and the hardcore fans are going to be interested in seeing them. Um, but, you know, I'm just wondering what the reason is why they've kind of decided to put so much focus now on these already established characters as opposed mm-hmm. to just kind of coming up with new original ideas. Yep. Yeah, I... Um, so, to your question about who who do I think it appeals to, I mean, obviously it's the people that think that cartoons are for kids. <laughs> um and I, I would guarantee that there are folks who, who absolutely adore The Mandalorian. Yeah. Who've never seen a, an episode of of uh, Rebels. Oh, I'm sure there's millions of people. Yeah. Yeah. The same thing with Clone Wars, right? So people, you know, Darth Maul's life started and ended in Phantom Menace and then got picked back up in Solo if they happened to tune into that. But we know that, like, five people watch Solo. So... That's kind of a done deal. I don't. I don't think we'll see much more of Maul beyond that. Um, Ezra Bridger is an interesting Ezra Bridger. That was wrong with me. <laughs> New York accent over here. New, Ezra Bridger comes out here, and he starts doing the force thing with his fingers in his hands. No, um. So, <laughs> um, he's an interesting character to bring into live action. Um, I think a lot of people, I, I would think a lot of people know Ahsoka Tano, but I could be totally wrong. So like here you have, I think this is a really slippery slope if I'm being honest with you, because if I'm coming at it, if I'm a cinematic Star Wars person and I've tuned into uh, The Mandalorian, my, the extent of like the, like when they probably first watched The Mandalorian, they probably thought it was Boba Fett. Until that story developed and it kind of, you know, ended the way it did, right? Um, these other two characters, these two force-using characters is going to throw a huge monkey wrench because they're going to be like, where did, where did these people come from? Like, what, what, is the, what is the deal with them? Like, I think it's very much sort of an issue with Star Wars. Like, it's not an issue. I should stop. My thing here is that they, I think we have been so married to like the Skywalker stuff that this might throw people for a loop. And I think it's an, I think it's a good move in a way because, you know, introducing new force users is great. You don't actually have to create anybody else, right? Like you can just say, here, here are these people and they'll do like a quick little, like, you know, this person did X, Y, Z, helped and yada, da. And then there's a whole episode, there's a whole series, there's a whole show that kind of gives you this right. person's backstory and where they came from. So it, you know, diverts people to kind of revisit that and dive into that stuff. 
then you can go books. You can go, you know what I mean? Like there's a whole lot of things that they can do in terms of telling those stories. But you know, if I'm, if I'm a person who's like a, you know, just a, a live action Star Wars person, like this is going to be interesting for me to kind of digest. Yeah. Um, especially when you, you may be under the false notion that, you know, there were no other Jedi or force using people during the time of the Skywalker saga, because that's how it was kind of positioned to us. So that, that might kind of throw people a little bit. I know this is like a round and round. Yeah. I'm kind of work my way through it, but I mean, just to go I, back to your I, original questions though, to answer, I, I don't think that a lot of people know Ahsoka Tano. Um, I mean, in the sense of like, I mean, I think a lot of like hardcore Star Wars fans obviously know who she is, but I, I don't think like mainstream world. I think that there were a lot of people who saw the rise of Skywalker that didn't know who a lot of those voices were at the end of that movie. Oh, yeah. 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 Totally. So I also think that, and I also know more than a few people who loved the Mandalorian and have not seen the last Jedi or rise of Skywalker. Wow. Like they they are st- like they've seen like the original trilogy because, you know, every like a lot of people have. Right. That maybe they've seen some of the prequels, but like they all saw The Force Awakens because it was this cultural phenomenon. Right. There was just a thing mm-hmm. to watch. Everybody was going to see it, but they haven't watched Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker, but they watched The Mandalorian because they watch streaming shows. They watch a lot of television and mm-hmm. it grabbed them and they thought it was great television. Mm. So that's so that's so bizarre. Like that, I mean, that's great, but that's so weird <laughs> to me. <laughs> I'm like, well, oh, I mean, but that's, that's the power. I mean, the Mandalorian Star- is great television, oh, um, and you don't need to be. Again, like you can, if you are a huge Star Wars fan, then yes, there are like nuggets and things that you can take out, little Easter eggs and stuff like that, or, or even just parts of like continuity and characters and stuff like that, that will mean a lot to you as a fan. But if you're not a hardcore Star Wars fan, you could easily watch The Mandalorian and not and just enjoy it and understand it. That's what made it great to me. That's like someone was talking to me about Rogue One a few days ago. Um and they were saying how they watched Rogue they're not a Star Wars fan. But they, and I don't remember why they were watching Rogue One, but they they came across it somehow. And they watched it and they didn't know exactly what was going on in the sense of like what it was leading to. Mm -hmm. Like they didn't know how it was going to end. They didn't know, but they loved the movie. It completely worked for them and they were completely thrilled by the ending because they didn't think that's how it was going to end. (laughs) Sure. Because they didn't know how it was going to... So they, for them, they were expecting the Hollywood ending, you know, uh, not realizing happy. that we knew that how it was going to end. It wasn't going to end on a happy note in that in the traditional sense of the word. Um, so I, I yeah, and I, I've drawn... A, I do feel like there are a lot of parallels creatively between The Mandalorian and Rogue One. Um, yeah, no, no, because, I mean, th- that was... You know, Rogue One was the first the first opportunity to give us a couple of new new things within Star Wars because everything that we had seen in The Force Awakens was familiar, right? It's original cast. Yeah, granted some new characters, but, you know, it's still the same fight of good versus evil through the lens of, like, Empire, First Order, and Rebellion, and Resistance, right? Same... same 
same thing, just kind of called differently. Rogue One was different in the sense that it was truly a war. It was a war movie, right? It was like the first movie to give us like star, you know, wars in space, really, um, with like spies and you know they expanded on the droid stuff because uh, K2SO had been a droid we'd never seen before. Um, and his role, like his role, because I think a lot of the other droids and thing and things like that that we've seen have been very, besides BB-8, um, were very kind of, I don't know, like but like like uh, obscure in a way. And like he's an imperial, you know, he's an imperial droid that like obviously comes off an assembly line. So there's some really really cool stuff there. You know the develop the 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 connection to the prequels that the, that that movie had with the pop up of, um, um, oh my god, what? <laughs> well, I don't know why I'm like uh, Organa, Bail Organa. Um, I thought it was really cool, and it was just a different take on Star Wars that ultimately felt like a refreshed version of A New Hope, in my opinion. Like there was some really cool, there was some really really interesting territories that were explored there like the 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 visitation of the planet jetta um and its connection to kyber crystals like there was some really cool stuff that was there that was a bit more than just that good versus evil type thing like there was a lot more moving there were a lot more moving pieces to rogue one that i think were really intriguing yeah and so I, I get it. I get why they would love it because I, I love Rogue One. I watch Rogue One like religiously. Yeah, me too. I just find myself getting like this itch. Like I, I got to turn that movie on. I got to watch this thing again. Yeah. Like Krennic. And it's, Krennic. it's it's one of those movies that you, for especially for somebody like you, like you can watch it and your, your mind doesn't have to start going crazy. No. With continuity and like getting agitated about like where things fit (laughs) and all this stuff. And the only thing that I want more of, obviously, and and it just kind of shows shows you like where my brain goes. I I love like the force stuff. So I love, you know, Chirrut and um, and Baze. Like, I love those two guys. Yeah. And they're like, you know, one's lost of faith in the force and the other believes in it, but was not, is not really a force user. He's just kind of like a garter. He was a, you know, a, a guardian of the Jedi temple and all of that. That's like, I love that shit. Um, and of course mixing martial arts into star Wars. You can't beat that. Of course. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff. K2, K2SO as a droid is like one of my favorite droids. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. You yeah. Know, Cassie Andor, like... all that stuff. Yep. So, ah, Star Wars, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, we can get out of here. Um, so, yeah, so you can go to thefanboygarage.com and you can uh, check out our episodes. Go to that merch store. You could check out that Yo t shirt that Aaron was, uh, or Yo face mask or whatever Yo yeah, you want to no get. There's t shirts available for it. There's no t shirts? No. Oh, it's just a mask. All right. So it's it's either a mask, it's a pillow, it's a tote bag, it's a notebook, definitely a magnet, and definitely a a button. There you go. Total mask. So there you go. You could pick that up. Of course, you could still get the other stuff. The I'm cool. I podcast. I'm badass. I podcast. All that fun stuff. 
Uh, we'll be cranking out some more new merch um, in the next few weeks, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. As, as part of uh, some of our festivities. So be on the lookout for that. And of course, um, you can join in on the conversation um, on the social medias, the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram at the Fanboy Garage. And um, you can maybe find me on Twitter at Real C Almighty. <laughs> And you can almost certainly find me on Twitter at AARON Speaks. That is A underscore A underscore ROM Speaks. So thank you so much for listening to episode 98 of the Fanboy Garage. We'll catch you guys next week. Have a good one. Hey.